This is Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Exchange, a podcast presentation of the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative, a project of the Negev Foundation. Stay tuned to learn about businesses, farmers, food producers, and researchers in Ohio and Israel who have joined together in the common pursuit of improving and modernizing the worlds of agriculture, clean tech, and food production, and discover what innovative opportunities the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative can offer you. Here's your host for Innovative States, Sean Fink. Welcome to episode number two of Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Exchange. In this edition, Water, Water Everywhere, you'll meet two individuals, one from Israel and one from Ohio, each working to ensure that our water supply remains safe through governmental compliance and manufactured solutions. In just a moment, you'll hear about an Israeli company that's teamed up with American partners to bring the latest wastewater purification technology to Ohio offering solutions that can work in nearly any setting where wastewater and runoff are a concern while achieving maximum ROI. Later, we'll learn about H2Ohio, the unique partnership between the Ohio EPA and private companies which can help Israeli farms to protect, purify, and preserve water resources. And our News You Can Use segment will shine the spotlight on a pair of Israeli startups that are using high-tech methods to develop new approaches to food products you'll see appearing soon on the shelves of your favorite supermarket. Clean Tech. We begin this edition of Innovative States in Israel with Lior Dutour of EPC Limited, a company that's exporting Israeli ingenuity to help clean and purify wastewater around the world. We're joined now by Lior Dutour, the AA process engineer with EPC Limited in Israel. Over the next several minutes, Lior is going to tell us not only what his job title means, but also how EPC Limited has brought wastewater solutions to the state of Ohio. Lior, shalom. Shalom, thank you for having me. Lior, you're both a chemical and environmental engineer. What led you to pursue these areas as a career and to focus on water purification and clean tech in particular? In Israel, we're very connected to water and the environment. And I, as a kid, grew up on the beach. I felt connected uh, since I was a child to water and the environment. So as I grew up, it was very important for me to try to give back to the environment. And that's why uh, I was really connected and glad to work at EPC. What has led EPC to become an industry leader in wastewater treatment? And how does EPC's origination in Israel play a role? EPC basically develop very effective and efficient solutions for the environment. For instance, wastewater treatments. Israel, as you know, suffered for many years from scarcity of water. And we basically had to come up with a lot of technologies and ideas that will be very efficient to manage our water resources better. And one of them is wastewater treatment. In Israel, you can ask anyone on the street, what's the water level of the Sea of Galileo, the Kinneret? It's basically the main water source in Israel. And everybody will tell you exactly what's the level because we are very connected to this water source, it basically affects all of our lives. It actually can affect the mood of, of the community, whether if, you know, we suffer from a year with a droughts or with a year that has many rains. And that's why Israel today 
considered to be a leader in water technologies. We find a lot of good solutions and technologies that basically can help the entire world because now the world is really suffering with all these climate changes with water. So, Lior, what makes EPC's products so well-suited for use in the United States? We are working in the States for the last five years for wastewater treatment plants that is ideally and specifically for remote areas, rural areas that don't have the infrastructure to connect to a main sewer line. And it's basically off-grid, so we can provide an on-site solution to treat their wastewater First of all, to, co- to prevent the contamination to waterways. And second thing, that's what we're doing in Israel, is to reuse the effluent, the treated water, into agriculture and any other uses. So basically, today, Israel converts 90% of its wastewater into treated effluent that goes to the agriculture and the industry. And that's how basically we manage our water resources better. In the States, today, especially in Ohio, the problem is to save and contain the water reservoirs, and we need to find a reliable solution, and that's what we're giving in this area. On the surface, this sounds like it could be quite an investment for a small agricultural operation or perhaps a municipality that might have financial constraints, but I'd imagine that over time these small plants could begin to pay for themselves. What are the economic upsides to using EPC wastewater treatment plants? That's a good question. Basically, when we sit with client or a development or municipality, our eye is something between five to seven years. And again, it's not just an investment issue. It's more of by law. You cannot build today any house or development without a sewer solution. So it's combined with what the law or the permits basically allow you. And one of it is a solution for your wastewater. And the other thing that the reuse part is very economic. And our technology also, it has a lot of advantage on the operation side. We are 30 years in the business, and we actually have 30 years the lifespan of plants. So we can give a guarantee for at least 30, 40 years that the plant will be operational. And that's important because all the materials that we're using is non-corrosive materials. Usually wastewater is very corrosive. And in the old plants, they used just normal steel. Basically, the plant wouldn't last for more than three to five years. So we use non-corrosive stainless steel and polypropylene. So these things with the right operation can last for 40 years. It's very reliable because the efficiency of the process, it's very unique. And the operation part, the operation cost part is very low. It's extremely low. It's about 90% saving from each conventional solution today in the market. And Lior, are these one-size-fits-all or are there site-specific designs that you undertake? The plant is modular when we sit with a potential client. So we ask what is basically the wastewater donors. If it's a residential, for instance, if if it's a farm with livestock, we sit and basically design according to the data we get from the client. We don't just sell a product. We're giving an A to Z solution. We design the process and the size and everything. 
I would imagine modular and expandable are uh, very important. What about permitting, certification, etc.? And let's say someone in Ohio wants to build an EPC plant on their farm. Do you send a representative from Israel or can the end user work out the details themselves? As far as design, we basically can send a form. We don't even have to come, come to on site. We can send a form for a few details to be filled. And if we can get some drawing or plans of the era that needed to be treated, that's also beneficial. And we basically give an estimate based on this data. We usually ask what's the capacity that we're going to treat per day or how many houses, and then we do the calculation. And the other thing is usually there's an engineering firm that is involved in the process, a local engineering firm, and they basically help us and the customer to get all the information they need and submit it to the DEP or the Department of Health. That that basically is the regulator that authorized to give approvals for these plans. And then when we uh, moving forward to execution, our package plants, it's basically come complete to the site. You can basically install the package plant, the wastewater treatment plant in a week. It's a plug and play installation. It's very easy to use. Very easy to install because all you need is a concrete pad and the package plan sits on the pad. So as far as civil works, it's also very simple. And what type of maintenance would be required? So that's the best part. Maintenance can be from once a month to once every three months. It's very easy to use. You don't have to be a certified operator in order to do it because the process is very simple. It's very visual. You can see how it works. And, and I'll explain a little bit about the process because what we're doing you basically is it's biological treatment. We treat the wastewater biologically. What it means is we develop a biomass that consume the organic loads in the water. And that's how we treat the wastewater. Now, in order to develop the biomass, like every living creature, you need food and air, right? We come up with a very efficient way to insert air to the system that doesn't require a lot of energy. And that's why our process is very efficient because we today can treat 100 homes in only one kilowatt an hour of energy in the wastewater treatment plant. And, and that's big. I mean, every other technology is 10 times more than what we do. We're so efficient that we can even integrate solar panels and make this system off-grid totally without any grid connection. You mentioned solar as a uh, energy possibility. That sounds like it would make for a very green and affordable solution. Exactly. And in Israel, we're using that a lot because Israel also, it's very sunny. You have like 300 days a year sun. So it can be very efficient. And in the States as well, we are relevant in these rural places. Uh, you can have a shutdown for electricity uh, in these places for a couple of days, but you still need to treat the wastewater. So what we want to do to come up with a development that can give uh, energy storage for these shutdowns of, of the grid. So we, we still use the grid. It won't be totally off-grid, but it will have backup through the solar and batteries to basically to last for a for, for couple of days that you have a storm and you don't have any, any electrical connection at all. 
Our guest is Lior Detour. He's a chemical and environmental engineer with EPC in Israel. Lior, how have you and EPC benefited from working with the Negev Foundation and OIACI? They are very helpful in, first of all, understand the, the process of how to certify this technology in Ohio, to go to the regulator, to the DEP, and have meetings and explain them about the technology and give them basically uh, the comfort to use this technology. The next thing is to connect us with engineering firm that they are the ones that submit these package plans to the DEP. And also they help us with finding locations that have a need for a package plant and connect us. Now we, we are in contact with the Mendel Jewish camp. They are looking to upgrade their campsite using our technology. So we are now in connection to coordinate and cooperate with the project. It sounds like EPC's plants are a very easy-to-design, easy-to-assemble, easy-to-operate, and easy-to-maintain solution for a wide variety of settings. Where else do you see, in in addition to the ag industry, uh, that would be a good fit for your plants? We've been in connection also with the ODNR, the Ohio Department of National Resources, because in West Virginia, we installed one of our package plants also in the West Virginia Department of uh, National Resources. So uh, in parks, it's a very good application. So that's why we're trying to duplicate the success in West Virginia to Ohio as well. So essentially anyone with the need for wastewater treatment can make use of EPC products regardless of size or location. Uh, Is there a minimum or maximum capacity that your plants can safely and effectively handle over a given period? Say a day, a week, a month? That's the amazing thing of this product. It's modular, so you can scale as you grow. You just add another module. You can basically duplicate or triple your capacity in a matter of weeks or months. And when you look about investment, you don't have to spend all your capital because usually when you design this system, you design for 50 years from now. So if it's not modular, you'll pay your capital for 50 years from now. And here you can scale as you grow. So you just spend whenever there's a new development, a new neighborhood is building up, the park build more cabins, so then you can build the models accordingly and you manage your budget better. Lior, I'm fascinated by how your products, which were developed for the Israeli market with a a smaller agricultural footprint and similar but still different needs with regard to wastewater treatment, are also, it sounds like a perfect fit for our listeners in Ohio. We really think that we have a lot to contribute to Ohio because we have this 30 years of experience and more than 120 installation worldwide. So we have the experience and the knowledge and the the confidence that any place that has need to treat the waste or to upgrade is sore, we can definitely do it. And the permits and the regulator become very stricter. If you want to upgrade or even build on a lot that you have a septic system 20 years ago, now you have to upgrade your, your effluent quality. So we can do that and we can use existing infrastructure and just build an add-on as a post-treatment to bring the effluent quality to a better quality. And we are very customized. That's one of our advantages. 
Well, your your company, EPC, certainly brings uh, a lot of experience and uh, a wealth of knowledge to us here in Ohio when it comes to wastewater treatment and uh, solutions that it sounds like can be deployed in a variety of settings fairly easily and affordably. Yeah, exactly. We really worked hard. We established a lot of beta sites in Israel to bring a complete product that's already been tried and tested. And we think that we have something that can be very helpful here in Ohio. Our guest, Lior Detour of EPC in Israel. Lior, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having me. For more information about EPC Limited and their products, visit them online at epc-tec.com today. That's epc-tec.com. Innovative States News. I'm Sean Fink with Innovative States News You Can Use. Israeli company Amai Proteins has designed a sweet protein that can replace up to 70% of the added sugar used in many popular food items, including products from internationally recognized brands like PepsiCo, Danone, and Ocean Spray, who've already signed on with the company. Amai, Japanese for sweet, has developed a white protein powder 10,000 times sweeter than sugar with zero glycemic index. The company's signature sweetener, developed via its Pro Protein platform, walked away with the top honors as the global final winner of the 2022 Extreme Tech Challenge in Berkeley, California, at which Bill Gates was among the judges. Amai was judged best in the ag tech and food sector and defeated more than 2,000 overall entries from around the world to claim the overall top prize. Amai was also named a top 10 finalist at the Thought for Food 2022 MENA Agri-Food Tech Challenge in Dubai. And Israeli business website No Camels is reporting on an Israeli startup Green Onyx, which has begun to cultivate a popular Southeast Asian food source known in Thailand as Kainam, or Eggs of the Water. The tiny green specks are the world's smallest vegetable with a diameter of just one millimeter and are also known as duckweed, water lentils, or Wolfia arhiza. In the wild, Wolfia is found growing naturally on ponds in Thailand, Laos, and Myanmar, which requires washing in warm water and boiling before it can be used. That process takes away many of its nutritional benefits. Wolfia has also been found growing in the Golan Heights in northern Israel. Green Onyx has developed a method to grow the vegetable in a super high-tech urban farm located on the fifth floor of a warehouse in Tel Aviv. This lab-based growth model eliminates the need for such preliminary steps, thereby preserving all of the vegetable's nutritional benefits. The Miracle Veggie is said to have a caviar-like texture and doubles in size in just two days, making it the world's fastest-growing vegetable. It's amazingly healthy as it's high in protein and immune system-boosting phytonutrients. It also contains more iron than spinach and more zinc than broccoli or kale. Green Onyx is currently marketing Wolfia online in ice cream tubs under the name Wana Greens. They claim the product can stay fresh for up to an incredible six weeks. Green Onyx is currently in talks with NASA to explore the possibilities of cultivating Wana Greens in space. That means they could become the perfect source of food and nutrition for the U.S. Space Agency's future plans for manned travel to Mars. I'm Sean Fink. And that's Innovative States news you can use. Visit OhioIsrael.org for more information about OIACI partnerships, missions to Israel, and more. OhioIsrael.org is your gateway to the latest innovations in ag, clean tech, and food production from leading companies and researchers in Ohio and Israel.
You're listening to Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Exchange. I'm your host, Sean Fink. On this episode, Water, Water Everywhere, we're learning about partnerships involving entities in Israel and the United States devoted to developing and deploying solutions for treating wastewater and agricultural runoff and ensuring a safe water supply. Water Preservation H2Ohio is a comprehensive water quality initiative partnership between several Ohio governmental agencies that's involved Ohio companies in their work to strategically address serious water issues that have been building in Ohio for decades. The project was initiated by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine in 2019. David Emmerman of the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency joined us to talk about his involvement with H2Ohio and some of the innovative products the public-private partnership has developed using Ohio business partners that could soon be put to use in Israel. We're joined now on Innovative States by the Assistant Chief of the Division of Surface Water at Ohio EPA, David Emmerman. David, welcome to the Innovative States podcast. John, thanks for having me. My pleasure. You've been actively involved, David, in the H2Ohio project. We know that Ohio has an abundance of water, but there's a lot of work involved in keeping it safe and keeping it clean, right? So Ohio is considered a water-rich state. Uh, and a lot of work we do to keep our water safe and clean. I've heard a lot over the years about the danger of algal blooms with regard to Lake Erie, which is a major source of clean water, uh, especially for northern Ohio. What exactly are these blooms and how do they appear? It's cyanobacteria, and there are toxins that uh, are produced by that bacteria. It's something that we are doing a lot to, to address. I'm not an expert in what causes it, but I do know that phosphorus is a driver of it and the time of year that phosphorus enters uh, Lake Erie is a driver of it and uh, the temperature of the water. So a lot goes into it. Nutrients such as phosphorus are, are a major driver. And then I'd imagine these toxins and the algal blooms are harmful if they make it into the state supply of drinking water. So what is uh, the Ohio EPA doing to ensure the drinking water remains safe and potable? Lake Erie is a, a large source of drinking water for a, a lot of people. Uh, in addition to uh, being a recreational uh, body of water, people fish on it, people live by it, watch the sun sets, there's shipping that's done on it. So it's, it's quite the natural resource for us. And Ohio is doing quite a lot with regard to harmful algal blooms. But there's a very comprehensive plan uh, that, that Ohio has put together and is implementing. And so a lot of people working out from a lot of different angles. It's a program that we created a couple of years ago called the H to Ohio Technology Assessment Program or H to Ohio TAP, where we were soliciting innovative technologies for how to deal with harmful algal blooms or nutrient management so that we can be at the forefront of this issue in Ohio. Did you have to conduct a wide search for solutions and partners that offered solutions to the issue of algal blooms, or were you able to stay close to home? We actually have some really innovative folks uh, right here in Cleveland, right here in Ohio that have helped us out a lot with this. So what we did was we created what was called the H to Ohio TAP team. And that was led by the Ohio Lake Erie Commission and the Cleveland Water Alliance. While they have Cleveland in the name, their extent goes beyond Ohio and goes beyond uh, the city of Cleveland. And also Scott's Miracle Grow, which is a uh, Ohio-based corporation. And from there, we developed a, a larger team uh, that was made up of uh, NGOs, uh, trade associations, private sector and public sector, 12 or 13 of us in all, that then developed a solicitation for these innovative technologies. And that net was cast pretty broadly. And so we did get some applicants to that from, from other countries. And we also got some really fantastic 
uh, innovative products developed right here in Ohio. It sounds like Ohio businesses are leading the development of solutions for algal blooms. Well, harmful algal blooms is an issue that a lot of states deal with. And I think that we in Ohio are, are on the forefront uh, of innovation. So I do think people are going to be looking to Ohio, what we're doing here, and then implementing this in their own states. And I, I would imagine that other states are going to be looking at some of these demonstration projects that we're pushing forward and seeing the results of those and the success of those and, and implementing them in their own states as well. Our guest is David Emmerman of the Ohio EPA. David, what are some of the solutions and innovative products that you found in the Buckeye State that can be of value across the U.S. and to our friends and partners in Israel in particular, as well as others around the world? When we did this solicitation, we received a good number of innovations back, really some really promising stuff. But we wanted to vet it a little bit more with third-party consultant and validate a lot of the claims that these technologies were making. So we narrowed it down to 10. And we did that through our HYO TAP team. Other innovative folks on that team was Owens Corning, Scott's Miracle Grove, Xylem, we had Moen, and ProMedica, and then public sector as well, Department of Agriculture. Department of Natural Resources, Ohio EPA, we had Great Lakes Water Alliance, Clean Water Alliance, Ohio Farm Bureau, and others that were helping evaluate these technologies, narrowed it down to 10. We took those 10, we sent them to TetraTech, and they did a really comprehensive review of these technologies. And now we're in the process of looking for demonstrations. How do we take them to the next step? How do we take them so that they fill those gaps so that they can go further in, in their innovative process and get into the marketplace? One I'm really excited about is a product by the Andersons. This is called DS Struvite. It's a really sophisticated type of fertilizer. It is water soluble in how its phosphorus is bound together. But then once it's applied to farm fields and it gets into the soils, the phosphorus is no longer water soluble, but is instead soluble by a type of acid that plants roots put out when they need the phosphorus. So this is a way to get the phosphorus right up against the roots of the plants, keep it there until the plants need it, and then it's taken up. So this, I think, type of fertilizer could be a game changer. It's good for the farmers. It's good for yield, good for uh, the bottom line, and it's good for the environment. When we talk about Ohio as a leader in clean tech and safe water technology, I'd imagine the flashpoint, if you'll forgive the pun, for the uh, technological development in this state was probably the infamous Cuyahoga River fire in Cleveland in 1969, right? Absolutely. Ohio was one of the reasons why the Clean Water Act was passed and why there was such a focus on environmental protection uh, 50 years ago. And I think for a long time, Ohio has been a leader in environmental protection. In what ways, David, is Ohio EPA dealing with areas like agricultural runoff that our listeners in Israel might find useful to apply in their farming operations? Looking at what are some innovations in farming that, that we are, are looking at uh, with regard to nutrient management. And that was one of the goals of the H2 Ohio TAP program. So listening to that innovation. We're looking at other types of uh, products as well that are really focused on, on soil health. Another project that we are looking to do a demonstration project on, essentially it's a partnership between uh, two different entities. One uh, based here in Cleveland, Kurtz Brothers. Uh, they have a product called Regen, uh, which is focused on soil health, putting products together that are applied to the soil so that you don't need to add commercial fertilizer. And they are partnering with a group that has a product called Quick Wash. And that is another Ohio company, Applied Environmental Solutions. They have a, a system of treating a manure 
to make it more marketable. It's a process where they add acid to this uh, hog manure and then add a basic solution, precipitate out the phosphorus and the nitrogen, separate them. And then Kurtz Brothers uses that quick wash product, that phosphorus, to add it to its other, other products, apply to a farm field to offset the need to put commercial fertilizer on the fields. Um, so you're improving yield, you're improving uh, soil health, and again, reducing nutrient runoff. Another one that we have an active demonstration product on, it's called automated drainage water management. In Northwest Ohio, a lot of fields have what are called tile systems, and they uh, are, can be used to regulate the amount of water that goes onto these fields. And one of the innovations that's come up uh, a couple years ago is this drainage water management. We get these big valves that you're turning so you can adjust what that water, subsurface water level is on the field. But there's not a lot of ways to optimize that. You either have to keep them on or off. And since there's a lot of valves to turn on those manual systems, you really can, a farmer can only do that once or twice a year. So automated drainage water management, I, I call that like the smartphone for farm fields. It's a way so that these gates are, are automated so that they have sensors, so you can, you can really look at the level of water, subsurface water in the fields, optimize it for yield, optimize it for uh, nutrient retention. And so again, it's a win-win. Normally when we find that we're doing things to keep nutrients on the farm field, we're also benefiting the farmers because they have to apply less fertilizer. And with the cost of fertilizer these days, which is going up, uh, farmers are looking for that innovation um, and they're looking for ways to keep nutrients on their field does that improve their yield? That sounds like a win-win situation. Uh, it saves money, produces a higher yield, leading to higher income, and a solution that's scalable for farmers of any size. I would imagine that smaller operations and larger operations alike would see proportional benefits then. Here's the thing. You have to prove it to farmers. It's easy to make the claims, but this is where our process comes in. We can help them take that next step. We can uh, fund or facilitate these demonstration projects. There are different funding sources, so that that way we can we can show them in Northwest Ohio this works for farmers. So we have an active uh, project going on right now with automated drainage water management. This is funded through what's called the Ohio Water Development Authority or OWDA, and that project is ongoing. I think they're actually going to start this next growing season and do side by side and say this is what this automated drainage water management can deliver. And we're in the final stages of, of working to uh, secure funding uh, through, through a source that I'll, I'll keep to myself for now since it's not guaranteed. David, where do you see clean tech moving in Ohio as far as innovation over the next, let's say, five to 10 years? And what are some of the projects being looked at now uh, in their most nascent stages? Well, I think a lot of where clean tech is going is towards sustainability. If we're sticking with phosphorus, it's about uh, sustainability uh, regarding phosphorus, reusing phosphorus. If you just take commercial phosphorus, right now, that's all mined from, uh, from, I think it's a mine in Morocco, and that's a limited resource. So like all these other limited resources, we as a society are striving towards sustainable practices so that we can recycle this material. And a lot of these, these uh, innovations related to nutrient management, uh, whether it be DS-Struvite or or these other methods of recycling phosphorus or keeping phosphorus on fields, 
It's really in furtherance of that sustainability. I'd imagine anyone interested in finding out additional information about the projects we've discussed can uh, receive that information by going to h2ohio.gov. Yep, h2ohio.gov. That's a good way of seeing what's being done, both from the innovation side of it and with the H2O tap. But then the broader program, H2Ohio TAP is a small subset of a much larger initiative uh, led by uh, Governor DeWine on water quality. H2Ohio.gov shows a lot of the other stuff that's being done. And of course, Ohio EPA, we're doing a lot with regard to um, clean water as well. And our website is a great uh, resource for that. Our guest, David Emmerman, the Assistant Chief of the Division of Surface Water at Ohio EPA. David, thank you for taking the time to join us today on Innovative States. Thank you. This has been Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Exchange. I hope you've enjoyed learning about the work of OIACI in creating and nurturing partnerships between researchers, food producers, policymakers, farmers, and creative thinkers in Ohio and Israel. For additional information about OIACI and how you can get involved in developing a partnership through OIACI, please visit ohioisrael.org or email Info at OhioIsrael.org. Innovative States is a podcast presentation of the Ohio Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative, a project of the Negev Foundation, produced by Sean Fink. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next month for another edition of Innovative States Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Change.